Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. Today, you'll hear from Andrea Elias. Andrea is the manager of a farrow-to-finish hog operation in southern Manitoba. Andrea has worked in the hog industry for the majority of her life and has a passion for her industry like none other, and you'll be sure to hear that in her interview today. But before we get to today's episode, let's go over the review of the week. The review of the week comes from Running Mama C on Apple Podcasts. The review is titled Informative, Relatable, and Enjoyable. This five-star rating and review says, thanks for a farm podcast that is so fun to listen to as well as informative. I'm so glad to have found an agricultural podcast for women by an Alberta farm girl. Well, thank you so much, Running Mama, for your sweet review over on Apple Podcasts. And if you too have been enjoying the show, be sure to head on over to Apple and leave your rating and review for the show. This helps with our algorithm as well as helps other people hear the good word of women in agriculture. And if you are tuning in on the day that this episode launches, Friday, November 29th, then you know as well as I do that today is Black Friday. And everything over in Shop Wild Rose Farmer is 25% off now until Sunday, December 1st. Use promo code BLACKFRIDAY25 to save 25% off your entire order. You can shop for that hard-to-buy-for farmer or just buy a little something for yourself. Either way, I won't judge you. All proceeds from Shop Wild Rose Farmer go directly towards funding this very podcast. For every dollar you spend, you're helping get the inspiring stories from women in agriculture through your earbuds each and every week. So thank you so much for supporting my shop and the Rural Woman podcast. And friends, we are just days away from the launch of the rally campaign. This is something that I have had on my heart and have been working on for months. What is the rally campaign, you may be asking? Well, I can't tell you everything. But for now, what I can tell you is that the rally campaign is a charitable campaign aimed at supporting and bringing people in agriculture together. So make sure on Monday, December 2nd, Cyber Monday, you head on over to wildrosefarmer.com slash rally to learn all about this new initiative and how you can help support it. And without further ado, my friends, let's get to today's episode with Andrea. Hi, Andrea. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for joining me on the Rural Woman podcast today. Very excited to be here. I am excited to chat with you today for a couple of different reasons, one of them being you are my Canadian sister to the East. As well, I haven't done an in-depth interview with a person on a hog farm, yet here on the Rural Woman podcast, I was able to chat with Kylie Epperson in episode 30 a little bit about her operation down in Missouri, but I am excited to get more in-depth and detailed information about a large hog farming operation like the one that you work on. I'm very happy to share what I know with all of your listeners. Awesome. So before I keep rambling on, <laughs> how about you tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from? Okay. My name is Andrea. I am from South Central Manitoba, and I manage a large, fair to finish daughter nucleus hog farm out here. So that is kind of the basics where I'm from. 
And tell us about how you got your start in agriculture. Well, my start in agriculture was pretty much from the day I was born. I have been surrounded by agriculture, uh, livestock and grain grew up on a farm with my family and we had hogs growing up and I spent a lot of time in the barn helping with chores. So it became a love of mine. The livestock part has always been in my blood. I just love, love, love animals. So it was kind of destiny that this was the industry that I ended up in because it is something I have a huge passion for. So was there any doubt that you would ever be in agriculture when you were a kid or was there anything else you wanted to do when you grew up? No, this was the goal. This was the goal right from right from little. I had wanted to work with large animals as my passion is large animals. So I did venture into that direction going to uh, college and wanting to work in a vet clinic. That was the goal right from when I was young. And what program did you take in college? I went to uh, Lakeland College in Vermilion, Alberta. It's an agricultural college. It's a fantastic place to learn about agriculture. They had a lot of hands-on. We had the livestock were right on farm. When we went out to practice anything that we were learning in school, it was right there. Like we got the hands-on training there. So it made me love it even more. And I did graduate with my animal health technology diploma and was going to pursue vet clinic work, but ended up working at a hog farm between my first and second year. And then after my second year, I was approached by this farm to come and work for them full time. They were very excited to have me there. So that's how my career started in the industry. So tell us a little bit more about your journey. So you said that you got this job right out of college. Mm -hmm. Tell us from college to where you are now, your journey in agriculture and working in hog farms. Okay, so it's uh, quite a few steps to get to where I've gotten to today. I first started at uh, quite large. It was a 2,500 head sow farm. It was fair to wean and it was a brand new barn. So I was blown away by the changes between the barn that I was used to growing up in and how far technology had come and the facilities had come to raise these pigs in like the most comfortable, awesome environment you could possibly imagine. So I worked there for a couple of years. The company that I was working with had offered a pork production apprenticeship program through the local college. So I took that and graduated from that. With the diploma program, I did get the opportunity to work at different facilities for a couple of weeks kind of as a practicum. So I got to work in the nursery with the younger pigs, and then I got to work in a finishing facility where they finished them off. So I kind of got a well-rounded perspective of the entire industry. So after I got married, we had moved, and I got an opportunity to help with the breeding program of a farm that was expanding from a finishing facility into a farrow to finish multiplication facility. Multiplication just means we were creating breeding stock for other commercial farms. So we're making mothers for the other farms. So I got to help with that, getting that farm started. I was there when the first sow farrowed in that barn. It was a lot of fun seeing it all unfold and and to see your hard work pay off. So I was there for a few years and then I decided to change it up a little bit and tried office work for about a year. 
I'm not an office person. It's not everyone. And for me, I would far rather be out with the animals and working than being clean behind the desk. That just was not for me. So I did get back into farming into the pig barn with, uh, I worked at a Borstead actually for a little while. Met some really fantastic people at this Borstead. It was a really great, great place to work. And unfortunately, when it closed down, they did give me an opportunity to work with they transitioned that barn into a different barn into a gilt developer which is where our breeding stock are like quarantined and they get some age and some weight on them and so I was raising these young future mothers and uh, doing a bit of a breeding program there for them and then while I was doing that I got approached about my current position which is managing this herd and was uh It was a little bit scary because I'd never managed before. I didn't really know what I was getting into. And sometimes I think that's a good thing because I think if I would have known how challenging it was, I might have been a little less eager to say yes. But of course I said yes. I was really excited to go back to this farm. So yeah, that's how I ended up where I am right now. You have had a very long career with hogs. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) from start to finish. So that's very cool. Yes. So tell us more about your current position now. So what does your day-to-day look like on your current hog farm? So our farm now, we are creating breeding stock or mothers for our multiplication herds. So we raise only purebred land-raised pigs. So we only have purebreds in our barn. This involves a lot of data record keeping, tracking, as you'll see in, uh, on my Instagram account with a lot of my photos, our piglets are all tagged. So that is to keep track of their performance, their index. It's all about performance. We want to make sure that our customers are getting the very, very best producing females for their herd. Of course, everybody wants a really well pedigreed animal. So Our day-to-day is basically we're making sure our matings are getting done and making sure they're getting done properly. Farrowing, obviously, we're making sure that there's are comfortable during the farrowing process and then caring for the piglets after the birthing process and making sure that they're healthy and happy and that mothers are able to feed them properly. There's also nursery and finisher. So when they're 21-ish days old, that's usually our weaning age, We move them to our nursery and then they get a whole new round of different care. So I've got a staff member that specializes in that area. So he's looking after all of the nursery and and the finisher pigs. So that's just making sure that their rooms are properly ventilated and heated. Environment is a huge, huge thing. So we're always watching their environment. We're always watching the animals to make sure that, you know, if we're seeing something that looks like they're maybe a little bit uncomfortable that we're on it immediately. That's why we always have a set of eyes on those pigs every single day. And same in the finisher barn or the GDU, as we call it, they're growing to maturity before we ship them so to their new homes. So we're making sure, once again, their environment is optimal. And then that's where the selection process also takes place. And that's where I go down and individually look at every single female. She comes through a little shoot so I can weigh her. I check her legs. I check her underline. I check anything that I would want to genetically call her for that I wouldn't want to send to a customer. So 
So yeah, there's a lot going on in any given week and every day is different. And that's like, there is routine, but every day it throws something different at you, which is what makes it exciting. That's very cool. That is a lot that goes into breeding pigs. Oh yeah. (laughs) Have you been loving the Rural Woman podcast? Are you wondering how you can support the show? Well, friend, I'm happy to announce that I've recently joined Patreon. What is Patreon? Well, it's a membership-based platform that provides a simple way for you to contribute to the Rural Woman podcast every month and get exclusive rewards in return. Memberships start as low as $2 a month. Seriously, that's less than your grande, skinny, extra hot caramel macchiato with whip. Wondering what the rewards are? Well, they include promo codes for Shop Wild Rose Farmer, draws for the Rural Woman Podcast merchandise, shoutouts on the show, and more. Your financial support of the Rural Woman Podcast will help make it possible for the stories of women in agriculture to continue to be shared. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to find out more information about how you can become a patron through Patreon. So tell us more about some of the technology that you have seen and that you use every day at your job that has made your life easier than let's say it would have the technology 20 years ago when you were raising pigs on your parents' farm or in time before that? Okay. So when I was growing up, we had, it was an older barn that had been converted into like a pig barn. So we had some of the farrowing crates where they have their babies, of course. And then we had open penning for the rest of them. But now we have pits, which is huge. So we don't have to scrape manure every day. Like it keeps all of the manure away from the pigs. So that is a really, really nice, nice feature to have. They stay clean and they stay dry. I would say two of the biggest things are the automatic feeding, like the augers bringing the feed into the building. We do still have to hand feed some of the animals, but a majority of them are on full feed self feeders. As long as we're making sure that uh, nothing has hung up in uh, the augers or anything, we pretty much have a worry-free system there. Like as long as mechanically everything is good, which obviously we have to check every day, but that feed gets brought into the barn and it's always at their disposal. So that is really nice. And also the temperature and ventilation controlling, that is probably one of the hugest things that you've seen that, or that I've seen changes in that every single room has its own environment. If I have a room of newly weaned pigs, I can crank the temperature up to 30 degrees in there and turn the ventilation down a bit to make sure that they're at the optimal temperature. And I can tell just by how they're laying or how they're acting in the pen, if they're comfortable or not. And right next to them in the next room, I could have the ones that are almost ready to leave to the next farm. The temperature's down at 23 degrees, ventilation's a little bit higher so that they have more air speed. So being able to control the climate for every single different stage of development is a huge, huge technology advancement. Plus, we have nutritional advancements as well. Like the way we feed pigs now is totally different than how we used to feed pigs back then. Like I have a nutritionist that helps me with all of my rations. And we run 10 different rations on the farm and each one is geared specifically towards the growth period of which animal is eating it. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, changes that have happened since I started in the industry back when I was a kid. 
Well, and just all of the comfort and attention that these pigs receive. Like I would like to receive at least half of this in my yeah. day. Like <laughs> these yeah. pigs live a pretty good life in that barn. <laughs> they do. So we're talking about the comfort of the animals and stuff. And I chatted with Andrea before we started recording that our friend Annabelle Morgan has some questions she would like to ask you. For the listeners who don't know who Annabelle Morgan is, she is known as Montana Ranch Wife over on Instagram. And she has been on a previous episode of the podcast and as well as interviewed me in a recent podcast. So we all love and know <laughs> Annabelle. <laughs> And when she found Thank out, you, Annabelle. right? When uh, she found out that I was interviewing you, Andrea, she fangirled and was like, I have questions to ask her. So I'm going to include some of the questions that Annabelle's been asking. So one of them was, what do pigs need for comfort and enrichment? So obviously, the climate in these barns is important to them. What else do you think they need to thrive? They are social animals. So like being penned in a group is great. They do like toys. They like things to fiddle with. They, anything that will move back and forth, it can keep them entertained for a lot of time. So we do have chains in our pens. So we hang chains that are attached to the wall. And so they play with that and they'll play with that all day. And sometimes too, if we want to just give them something to bat on, there's these little mini, I don't know, you have goats, you may have seen these goats or sheep. They're little mini salt blocks. So I'll sometimes chuck one of those in there too. And they absolutely love them. They spin around like a hockey puck and they'll chase it around the pen. So entertaining them is not too difficult because basically they eat and they sleep and they walk around, but they don't need to be entertained. They're not children. <laughs> they, they are perfectly content if they are fed and if they have water and if they're comfortable and they've got some pen enrichment, like I said, like the chains, I know they do have, different balls and different toys and different things that you can buy for the pens, which is great. I think it's great if they have something to do. And so, yeah, we do use the chains and every once in a while I'll throw a, a block in there just for them to have a little bit of fun. I'm sure that's just adorable to watch. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, Andrea, what do you think some of the biggest challenges you face in your day-to-day -day operations are? Biggest challenges? Well, I guess... A lot of the time when you get mechanical breakdowns or even like weather related things that you can't control, right? So we have a big boiler system running our barn. If something goes wrong with that boiler system, that can affect the entire facility. So the, the mechanical things, the fans all of a sudden not working or like you say, the feed lines breaking down or anything like that, those are always challenges. Luckily, I have staff that are incredible at fixing things. Like I am so blessed to have staff that are so mechanically inclined because if I had to fix a fan, <laughs> I would not be able to do stuff like that. So I'm really, really happy that I have the guys there to help me with that kind of stuff. Yeah, fixing auger flighting is not my strength, but they're always there to help. So mechanical issues for sure. And you know, sometimes health things, you do get bugs that will come through. It's not... It's no surprise that, you know, pigs can get the flu, pigs can get a cold. It does happen. And then sometimes that does become an emergency because, okay, well, we need to address this. We need to do something with it. So that is another thing that can become an emergency. And usually 
staff is pretty good, but every once in a while, staff issues do arise and uh, they obviously need to be dealt with in a timely manner and uh, to make sure that we keep our team solid and work together. So I'd say those are basically some of the biggest day-to-day ones. Right. And I know from the little I know about hog farming, I do know that biosecurity is a big deal. Can you explain a little bit more about why biosecurity in these hog barns is so important? Yes, for sure. So pigs are quite susceptible to any sort of virus or infection or disease that is out there. So when you see a hog farm with the do not enter biosecurity zone and they have a gate and it looks like do not come on, it's not that we don't want people to know how we raise pigs. We are protecting them from the diseases that could possibly spread. So we have a shower in facility, as I would say most hog farms do. You have to shower to come into our barn. You have to boot up before you step into our farm. So that means putting plastic boots over your outside shoes, just to make sure we're not bringing anything from the outside in. That's how sensitive their immune systems are. So yeah, we do have strict biosecurity in place. Our feed company has biosecurity rules. Our trucking company has biosecurity rules. So yeah, we have to make sure that we're covered because an outbreak of a disease could be devastating to a herd. So we want to try as best we can to make sure that we're protecting our herd. So yes, if you see those signs where we are deterring people, you should not ever drive onto a hog farm site without getting clearance first from there or if you have no reason to be there please don't don't go on there and it's not like I said it's not because we don't want people to know what's happening in there it's because we want to protect our herds and we care about our herds and we don't want them to get sick absolutely that is completely understandable and Mm -hmm. this leads me to my next question about what do you think some of the biggest misconception in the pork industry is one of the misconceptions might be you guys don't want us there because you don't want us to see what you're doing. But on the contrary, you are active on social media and you're sharing inside your hog barns with us and you're being very transparent about the processes even here on this podcast. So I thank you for that. But what are some of the other misconceptions in the pork industry that you want to address? Well, I would say like with the biosecurity and and this is the biggest reason I started this Instagram account was because there are so many misconceptions about it, right? Like people would ask me this when I was talking and they would say, so what do you do for a living? And when I would tell them, the looks on their faces often was priceless because they don't understand. It's like really like a a pig farm. I did have a conversation with a gentleman. He's like, well, isn't it like dark and dirty and smelly and stinky in there? And I'm like, no, that is not, it's not an accurate portrayal of, hog farms. And I'm really sad that that's what's out there for the public perception, right? Like a lot of people think that they're dirty, filthy animals that are just laying in their own filth. And I'm like, no. So with this account, I wanted to show that, you know, they're clean, they're well cared for, they are happy, they are thriving, even though they are indoors. It doesn't mean that we don't care about them just because we are a large farm it does not mean that the people working there do not have these animals' best interests at heart. And I have met a lot of producers in my years of working in this industry. And 
I can't say I've ever met even one that I did not think was 100% passionate about what they do and wanting to do better and always wanting to improve. It's actually a really, I feel like family in this industry, it's, they all want the same thing and we all want to make sure that we're doing the best thing for our animals. So another big misconception is the antibiotic thing. And this one drives me absolutely crazy. I had had a few conversations this summer when I was on vacation with some people. They were asking what I do, just general conversations. And and I asked them, like, is there anything you want to know? Or some of them would ask me, like, what can you tell me about, about the meat that I'm eating from, like the pork that I'm eating? And when I told them, you know, you never have to worry about there being antibiotics in your meat. It's not allowed. We cannot ship animals that have not cleared a withdrawal date. Withdrawal date is the amount of time it takes for an antibiotic to clear their system completely. Like this is a complete thing. And they not only have to follow that on farm, we have written records about every single animal we treat. We write it down every single time. And they get tested at the plant as well. So you are not going to get antibiotic residue in your meat. It is perfectly 100% safe. That is so eat the pork. It's perfectly safe. It's so healthy and it's a good, good, healthy alternative to other proteins that are out there like pork and uh, beef and chicken are safe to eat. So that was another misconception. I believe, yeah, the antibiotics were one of those and scabbles are basically it. And I guess another thing I would like to say is, you know, anybody who's interested in it, like to get involved in this industry is such a great thing. Like, Anybody can do it. I can do it. Anybody can do it. It's not something that is like specific. You didn't have to go up in agriculture to do this job. All of the guys that work on farm right now never had any previous pig experience. And they're, they're wonderful stock people and they really love their job. So if it's something you're interested in and have a passion for animals, it's a really, really great place to be able to exercise those skills. So... Hey all, we'll get right back to our episode after a word from our sponsor. Nestled in the tree-filled mountains by Kootenai Lake in Nelson, British Columbia, KL Skin Naturals was founded in 2013 by owner Leah. KL Skin Naturals is known for their award-winning natural deodorant that I have personally been using since early 2017, and I can tell you from personal experience, it passes the farming test. You know what I'm talking about. I feel good knowing that the deodorant that I'm using is free from harsh chemicals and scents. All of their products are produced by hand from the very first measure to the very last label. Each recipe was worked, researched, perfected, and tested on family and friends who all agree that there's something unique to be offered in the effective products that Leah is making. Listeners of the Rural Woman podcast can save 10% off their order with promo code WILDROSE10. So head on over to klskindeodorant.com to choose from their wide selection of clean scented natural deodorants, plus other natural skincare products such as fresh aloe skin cream, foot butters, and more. And now back to our episode. I'm going to go back to one of Annabelle's questions for you. Okay. So if you had a blank canvas and you had unlimited funds, how would you build a hog facility? Hmm. Oh, Annabelle. <laughs> Unlimited <laughs> right? funds are giving me so, so many things to do here. Honestly, I would, I don't know, I would keep them inside. I like being able to control their environment. 
and where we live when we are under snow or ugly weather seven to eight months out of the year. If I was to build it here, I would make sure that it was something where I could be in control of their environment at all times, of course. I'm a huge fan of high ceilings, bright rooms, which I mean, I'm lucky enough to have that now. So I would definitely adopt that. They've got some really, really nice, fancy new fairing crates that are really, really big. I think for me, it'd be roomy. That would be the word I would use to describe my perfect barn would be roomy. Just lots of room to for the sows in the farrowing crates, lots of room for them to run around in their pens. And it would basically be the print of what I have right now with like a few tweaks, right? So I'm really privileged to work in a really, really beautiful facility. So, so yeah, it would be, my thing would be roomy. There you go. And from the pictures that I've seen, your barn looks beautiful and this brings, mm-hmm. brings up one question from me. If somebody didn't know what you were talking about when you said a farrowing crate, how describe what it looks like, as well as what is the purpose of these farrowing crates? Okay. Well, a farrowing crate, it's a pen where the sow is moved into when she is ready to have her babies. So we do this on purpose because she obviously be getting up, laying down a lot. If they're in an open pen, the chances of her crushing a piglet during the birthing process or even after that birthing process is really high. Whereas if they're in this stall, she has room to move back and forth and everything. She has access to water. She has access to her food, but it gives her a clear defined area of where to be. And it also gives us a chance to keep the piglet's area nice and warm. So she doesn't want to be as warm as they do. So we have an area under a lamp with a heat pad where the piglets sleep. And it just keeps them safe. It keeps them in their zone, keeps her in her zone. And then when they want to eat, they're protected more from possibly getting crushed when she lays down. So that's basically what the crates are there for. And those sows are in sparrowing crates with their babies for the 21 days that the piglets are on the mother. See, these are the things that perhaps somebody who didn't know what they were looking at online would see. And this is where misconceptions come from the pork Mm -hmm. industry, I think, of people not understanding the necessity of having these farrowing crates in these facilities. Mm -hmm. So thank you for explaining that to me and to the listeners. Yeah. And I mean, I know when you see them, they're just like, oh, like the sow is in this spot. But you know, we're doing the best we can to keep her safe and them safe. We are not like we're not awful vicious people trying to punish our pigs or anything. And I've had some comments online already about, oh, I can't believe you do this to them and you must just hate them if you do this. Well, it's actually completely the opposite. If I didn't care, I wouldn't want to protect them the best that I can. So like we care about our animals. We wouldn't invest the time and the money into putting farrowing crates into a farm if it didn't benefit the animals at all. Absolutely. Because to me, that just sounds like extra work for you. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> why would you do that if you didn't love these little piggies, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So my final question for you, Andrea, is what is the most rewarding part of your job? Oh, you know, there are a lot of rewarding parts of my job. And I would say the most rewarding part is when we load those big mature onto the trailer for our customers. 
that makes me happy. I'm like, go girls, go be mothers. You know, it's it's really exciting to see it right from start to finish. Like those animals were born on our farm and we have cared for them right up to the very end. We've done everything that we can for them. I would say that would be definitely one of the most rewarding parts is, is seeing them leave on the truck. Just absolutely beautiful little girls heading out to their new farm. That That's really rewarding. Another rewarding thing about what I do is, you know, we're helping feed the world. And I know there are different markets for different farmers and this and that. And the, the market that my pigs are in, it's it's a pretty large scale, right? Like I want people to walk into a grocery store and to be able to pick up some sandwich meat for their kids for the week or to pick up a roast for, you know, your in-laws surprise supper showing up. I don't want there to be any concern about where the pork was raised, whether it was raised, you know, indoors, outdoors, whatever, like it's safe to eat. And I'm proud to be part of an industry that can offer food to people that can just go into the store and be confident about picking out a pork product. So see, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of this industry. That's awesome. So I have Annabelle's final question for you. Why is bacon so delicious? you know (laughs) that that is a good question but I would say it's because pigs are raised with love and that's what makes it so delicious (laughs) that is the perfect answer Andrea (laughs) you couldn't have answered that any better (laughs) (laughs) oh Adele I want to see some uh, recipes on your Instagram stories pretty soon Yes, bacon and beef recipes <laughs> yes. mixed together. All of the goodness. <laughs> all of the good ones. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for chatting with me today. You have shared so much about your industry and it is clear and apparent that you have so much passion for what you do. And I just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, thanks so much for having me and letting me do that. It's a real uh, privilege to be able to share. For my listeners who would like to in contact with you after the show, where can they find you online? Uh, they can find my account at uh, Southern Prairie Pigs. There's an underscore between Southern and uh, Prairie. And just message me on there. That is probably the best way to ask questions or even just comment on the photos. I love seeing a little bit of uh, conversation happening. If you have questions, I'm more than happy to answer any questions that arise from any photos that I may post or any comments that I may make. So feel free to do that for sure. That's great. And I will put the link to your Instagram account on the show notes so people can find you and connect with you easily. Awesome. Thank you again so much for chatting with me on the Rural Woman podcast today. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.